Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Bengalis in New York show. My name is Arik and uh, we were repping it for, you know, the Bronx, Manhattan, Brooklyn, Queens, Staten Island, and all over the world. So welcome and enjoy. So I was saying, you know more about me than anybody else other than my wife. <laughs> yeah, I don't really talk to much people about that. Yeah, you can tell a lot from someone's finances. You know what their priorities are, yeah. you know what they spend their money on, yeah. you know what they don't spend their money on, yeah. you know if somebody's charitable, you know if somebody you know, is spending money on shady things. You know by the questions they're asking what kind of person they are, right? Yeah. You get to know a lot yeah, of Yeah, it's them. actually interesting that you point all that out. I never really think about it like that because obviously like I have so many clients, you know, um, obviously, I, you know, I don't judge. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> so um, that's that's not. But yeah, as you point out, like that is really interesting. I, I do get to see like the whole spectrum. And, you know, people come to me sometimes with things that are, you know, I can tell off the bat something shady and, you know, that just based on how somebody describes something yeah. or if they're hiding something to me. So I tell most people, like, you know, don't hide it from me. Like, you know, yeah. you know, it, yeah, it's yeah. not going to, the end result doesn't um, come out good. But yeah, it's, um, I, you know, my arsenal's full, but uh, <laughs> it's going to only stay with me. <laughs> what did Giuliani just say? He has, uh, he has insurance about Trump. So you have a lot of you have, you have yeah, a lot yeah. of insurance on people. Insurance, yeah, there yeah, you go. That's what it is. You have a lot of dirt on people. Dirt. No, I, no, you wouldn't do that. So actually, it's interesting because you know lawyers have they take an oath where they they're uh, yeah. they're uh, bound by confidentiality, yeah. attorney, uh, the client confidentiality. Do exactly. accountants have something like that? Um, not quite. We don't have. Um, yeah, I wouldn't say there's not like that per se. Like when I do the work, like say if I do a tax work. Yes, like things you tell me are confidential, but we don't. We're not like bound by um, laws that lawyers are bound by. Like there's a you know, strict. It's very strict for them. For us, it's more on based on who you're working with. So you know, you, if you're working with an accountant, you just should be comfortable and trusting that person. If you do, then move forward. If you don't, then you know I wouldn't. You know, kind of you would. You shouldn't like rely on the confidentiality laws in accounting per se, because if somebody wants, you know, like the government, you know, wants to see your information. We just have to show it, you know, um, and some things we probably have to um, have to tell if we if we notice something unusual. Mm. So, so how long have you been an accountant? Well, an accountant, uh, almost uh, four years. Uh, actually, so five. Official, oh, actually, official five. CPA. Um, well, I started. No, I've been doing. I've been in the profession for five years. Okay. CPA for four, because I got my CPA uh, roughly like about nine months ish after I you know I started working so tell people what it what it takes to become a CPA so um, you know you need uh, the, the education requirement there's few requirements there's education there's um, experience and then there's the exam so education you need um, 150 college credits which sometimes is like a bachelor and plus another year you can do a master's so complete that and then you have to work under a CPA for a year to get that experience and then you need to pass four part exam. Once you have all that, those three done, then it's just a matter of, you know, applying and getting your license. And and you know, from there you can, you know, stay in, in, in the in the work on the corporate world. You know, you can work for a company in their accounting department, you can work for a public accounting firm basically providing as an external accountant. Or you know, you can be like me where you know you kind of uh, you know branch off and do your own thing. Okay. Yeah. But what what do you think if somebody is looking for an accountant to do their taxes and they're just 
Do you think a, the person being a CPA is helpful? I mean, is it necessary? Um, it's not. I, no, I wouldn't say in my opinion, no, it's not necessary even though I'm a CPA, you know, um, like I'm not biased just towards, you know, CPAs um, or tax preparers that they have to be a CPA. Um, I think you should, they should have some credentials like an EA, which is an enrolled agent. Enrolled agent is basically like, a, it's, they're like a very ta they're tax specialist and they're licensed by the IRS. So CPAs are licensed by the state. Every state ha is, has their own rules as far as how to get licensed to become a CPA. So the state administers that, the government, federal government doesn't. But some people just want to focus on tax, so they uh, they get licensed through the federal government, through the IRS, and become a enrolled agent. So I think some kind of um, uh, like whether it's a CPA or EA, one of those two is definitely necessary. Um, I wouldn't recommend going to you know um, a non uh, non credentialed preparer that's not one of the, one of the ones I just mentioned. Um, but you know there are people out there that have plenty of experience and do it. You know, and, but I, I've seen mistakes happen so still do your due diligence um what's the craziest thing you've seen uh somebody coming from another attack uh accountant uh, um i've seen you know i've seen like instances where like the tax return was like completely wrong like they filed the wrong form wow you know so like if if a business uh, just very recently like a couple of days ago i had a client so you know he has a, a corporation and it's a single, like, one-person corporation, and the, the accountant, he went to file his corporation tax return as part of his personal. Oh, wow. Like, on a, like on a, as a self-employed person on a Schedule C, if you know tax terms, you would know. But I came to me out, and he got a notice from the tax department saying, oh, you didn't file your corporation tax return. And he came to me with that notice, and he, he was like, I did file. I'm like, yes, you did, but you filed on the wrong form, or the accountant. Like, that's his basic knowledge. If it's a corporation, you should know it's a corporation tax return and not a per so like it's just like the rookiest mistake of of of, of them all wow. and um now that's going to cost him you know he has to file late filing fees for the corporation and and, and this, he has to amend his personal taxes and so on and so forth so you know sometimes like the thing what happens i see with a lot of clients is they put a lot of trust into the their you know the professionals whoever is working on it but just you know they blindly put trust I, I would i would say you know thinking okay he has, he has a shop okay maybe he's, he's he knows a thing or two but yeah, it is confusing yeah. the yeah. laws are really confusing yeah, exactly um you know i know some you know i'll be honest recently i kind of have an understanding of withholding tax like i didn't really understand the concept until i have a degree in business like so yeah. <laughs> and so imagine, yeah. i can't even imagine what are some things people should look out for uh, when filing their taxes, you know, I, I've seen like uh, some people. Um, there's a question when you fill out your W four, very basic. When you start a job, right? You write yeah. how many exemptions you have, blah yes. blah blah. Um, I've seen people who put they they check off exempt, and a lot of people don't even know what that means. When you're checking off exempt, meaning you're you're exempt from taxes, and they don't take withhold any taxes on your payroll besides the statutory ones, which is Medicaid and Social Security. So I have people that come to me year end. And they're like, oh, I checked off exempt thinking like, I don't know what they thought like that meant um, that they're exempt from taxes, but then they see taxes being taken out. So they're thinking, okay, taxes are still being taken out, but it's not income tax. It's the other taxes that are being taken out. Mm. And then they, at the end of the year, they get a W-2 and then the federal income tax line is zero withholding. So now at the end of the year, you have a huge bill 
um, to pay, but they're like, oh, we had take taxes taken out, but like, no, it wasn't the income tax. You, and so that's I don't know. I've seen that like m many people do that, and it's weird that people check that off. Mm. So make sure you're completing your W twos correctly, so at the end of the year you're not surprised. You know, people go to the accountant and they blame them. Like, oh, why do I owe so much money? <laughs> you didn't fill out your W four at the mm. beginning of the year correctly, mm. and um, you know maybe. You put like your whole family as dependent, but you're not claiming anyone on your taxes. You know, you just file single, okay. and you know you're showing. Uh, you know, maybe you have siblings and parents, and then you put them as a exemption on your W four. But actually, when tax time comes, you're not you're not including them in your tax return, and that can lead to you actually paying back money. Okay. So that's just like a surprise. So you know, it's good to avoid surprises during tax season. Is um, you know making sure your W W four is filled out correctly. Okay, so let me let me tell you some things that I've heard and tell me if they're false or true. Because uh, you know you hear all these things from people yeah. about taxes. So I, someone told me yesterday that you don't have to pay taxes on income in other countries be, uh, below one hundred twenty thousand dollars. Is that true? Um, there is an exemption. Yes, there is there is an exemption on um, foreign income. I don't know the number top of my head, but um, there's some. Um, Actually, it's not like quite straightforward like that. Okay. There, there is some like you, you do get a foreign tax credit. Like if you were to pay taxes on, um, on income in another country, then you would, you don't have to pay double taxes in the U.S. Okay. okay, okay. That's there. Um, and then you can like when you file taxes here, you show up, you show that income, and then you show like a credit. Like okay, I already paid taxes on this, so you're good. Okay. But some people, like you know, I have uh, I have a friend. He lives in Dubai, and you know they earn tax-free income. His his wife is a teacher over there, oh, teaches okay. at an American International oh, School. Wow. I think similar to your situation. Okay, so okay. Um, he told me that like their income is tax-free, and um, and that, and then it's like it's like it's a lot of perks out there. You know, they actually tr they get like twenty five hundred dollars a year just to travel the world. Wow, they and they're not citizens. And they're, they're not citizens of that country. They're citizens of the U.S., but not that country. That's really interesting. And free rent as well. Wow. Free rent. And he said the salaries are pretty comparable to a teacher's salary here. Well, my wife could have taught in Oman, and the offer was ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, we could have done it. But Dubai is more like commercial. Like, yeah. you probably feel comfortable. Yeah, if she, if she waited a little bit more, she could have done Dubai. And, but I, I, I know there's a lot of perks for citizens. I didn't know there was that many perks for... Uh, non-citizens that's interesting oh like a non-citizen over there yeah he yeah. said like 90 percent of the people in dubai are like expats like they're like you know non mm. they're immigrants like 10 percent is only that real original people yeah. and everyone is a european yeah indian and american yeah and they get like just basically just for living being arab they get like a huge stipend just to live on because they get a percentage of the oil revenue yeah 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 so that's what i'm saying the people over there are so rich they're you know they're hiring people from foreign countries Paying them a good salary, yeah. free rent, they get paid to travel. Yeah. Like, what else more you want? <laughs> so uh, another, uh, like, tell me if it's a myth. I hear, I hear people, and obviously these are not people I, I hang out with regularly, but I hear people writing off other people's children. How is that possible? <laughs> yeah, so technically you can do that if you're taking care of that person. Like, that person has to live with you. And that's where, you know, the gray area comes in and people... A lot of times, the only people that you can actually claim without living with you is your parents. Like, they don't have to live with you. you really? can, yeah, you can claim your parents. Even if your parent, like, lives in Bangladesh, 
and they have they have a social even security. Even if they live in Bangladesh. Yeah, as long as they're like permanent residents of U.S. or citizens of U.S. Um, and they have a social security number. Yeah, you can claim them. But everyone else, it's it's um, more gray. Like you know, they have to live with you for a certain amount of time, especially with children, because the children in a credit is lucrative because it's a lot of money. Like right now, it's two thousand dollars child credit, okay. and then if you have low income, it's like another couple of grand. So it's it's a lot. Um, but you know, I don't think everyone that's claiming the child, the child is living with them. You know, whether it be it's, yeah. it could be a niece, nephew, it be grandchild. You know, yeah. Um, and and so on. But yeah, they have to live with you for a certain amount of period of time. So uh, here's my understanding of withholding tax, and you tell me if I'm correct. Uh, and again, just recently I kind of understood the concept. So withholding that thing, that form that we fill out when we first yeah, get a job. Form. Yeah. Basically, the way I understand it is you're estimating how much taxes you should pay, More and or less. at the end of the year, uh, the government either gives you back money if you pay too many taxes, yeah, uh, or asks for more money, more money if you pay too little taxes. Exactly. Yep. That's that's exactly what that is. Um, yeah, you're just kind of yeah giving them a ballpark figure. Okay, take this much taxes out of my in an end of the year situation changes. Um, maybe like you got married in December. Okay. You know, and whole year you were single. You can actually get the married deduction for the whole year, even uh -huh. though you weren't married for the whole year. You okay. only married. For, or if you if you had a child born in December, you can actually claim the child for the whole year. Okay. And not, so that can change. And then tax time, you know, those changes will probably get you some more money back. Okay. Okay. And and that's that's what that is. Talk talk about the recent uh, Trump uh, tax changes and how did that impact people that have. Uh, that have jobs and people that have uh, companies? Um, it, it affected people that have that own property. Um, that's actually even that people that are um, that are regular job, um, people that have regular jobs because one of the things about New York is we pay a lot of high taxes, like a lot of city and state taxes are pretty high. So Trump tax law recently, um, he, he capped the state and local tax at $10,000. Salt. So yeah, salt, exactly. So if you just have a job, okay, that's fine. It's just, uh, but you know, it's not fine. But the effect is not as bad. But say if you have a job plus a home, so you're paying taxes in your home, especially people that live out on Long Island, um, their taxes are ten, twelve thousand, property taxes, and then you're through your paycheck, you're probably paying state and city tax. You know, if you're making over a hundred thousand, that's probably I would say nine, ten percent. So maybe another eight to ten k. Um, so all in all, about 20k you're paying in state and local tax, property tax, and and you can only take 10,000. So that hurt a lot of the um, states that are like New York, California, you know, most of the blue states, you know, that have the city tax as well. Okay. And so that's one thing that uh, I've seen make a big difference on people's return. Um, some people were claiming up to like, you know, 25, 30 thousand dollar of salt taxes, and now you can only claim 10. So that was a dramatic um, change, you know. Uh, a lot of um, like officers, police officers, and like I guess just regular um, like city workers or people that are in um, that have a lot of work-related expenses. Those people are, were also affected um, by the Trump tax laws. You know, um, officers like police officers that can you know write off their uniform or dry cleaning and, and grooming and shoes and things like that. That was also removed. It was removed? Right? Yeah, it's removed. Yeah, there is no there is no um, deduction for work-related expenses anymore. 
Trump even if you have your own company? Um, if you have your company, that's okay, different. So individuals. If, if you're if you're work if you're employee if you're a W two worker, you cannot. You, okay. Exactly, you cannot. But if you have a company, um, then yes, pretty much still everything is not much has changed. Yeah. Um, as far as deductions go, oh, there was actually a very interesting one that changed. It's the meals and entertainment. So meals are still like fifty percent deductible. A lot of people don't know that. Like if you have a company and you know you take your clients out for meals. Only half of that. Oh, only half. Only half of it is deductible. So you tell your accountant you spell ten thousand, and he'll only probably put five thousand. Or actually, the software calculates it. Entertainment before used to be deductible. So you take your client out to a baseball game, you know, as part of a deal. You know, entertainment is no longer actually deductible, and that's that. That's a uh, that's a big one. A lot of people don't know, and I've been finding out myself too. Oh, wow. So entertainment is. Um, you know, that's, you lose on a lot. So you got to be careful <laughs> how much you spend on if you're a business owner okay. taking so, clients out. So those are things you can't. So what yeah. are some things that you've seen uh, in people's taxes where people aren't taking advantage of that they can? Um, I think like a lot of people that have kids um, don't take like the, the nanny deduction, you know, dependent, like, you know, if you leave your child with a nanny, you know, you get a little credit for that. Oh, wow. How yeah. much is that? It's not much. It's only six hundred dollars from IRS and maybe from the state another thousand, maybe fifteen hundred, two thousand. You can what probably. If, uh, get... What if that nanny's a family member? You can still, yeah, you can still, you can still uh, take that, take that. Sometimes you can actually do it even without a social. You know, yeah, without, a social. without like because you need to report that like income that you pay. You have to report on, on the form, but you can actually even write it off without a social as long as you have receipts or proof that you paid that person. Who files your taxes? Um, I, file, <laughs> I file my own you taxes. Okay. Yeah. You go to an accountant's account? <laughs> accountant's I do have accountants that I get um, advice from. You know, like we have our circle of, you know, friends. I mean, I have, I know a lot of the Bengali or not, and non-Bengali CPAs in the, in, in, in the area. So yeah. I might have a question. You know, we don't know it all. And, you know, that's just the truth because... Yeah. We, you know, and I can't pretend to know it all. Yeah. Well, you know, remember that's what I told said about you at uh, at, at one of those BSP events because that's to me that's the most important thing. I don't really care if an accountant knows everything, yeah. as long as he knows where to find the answers and yeah. as long as he's honest. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because yeah, I've had some shady accountants, man. My friend Viraj is here. I'm gonna <laughs> Viraj, what's up, guys? What's going on? And uh, he's always he's got a lot of uh, investments. So you, you this is a. Uh, Right up <laughs> yeah. I used to do my own taxes up until three years ago. Okay. And then I got K ones and a few properties and everything, so I can't. Got a little just, bit. I just can't do it anymore. It got a little. It got a little um, congested. What's a K one? K one is uh, so if you have an investment in, uh, uh, it's based. Uh, so I basically have some uh, um, investments and uh, do. Uh, and some companies, the, yeah. The tax return for the company, uh, uh, the company, I guess, gives you yeah. your individualized K ones. So if you yeah. invest at fifty thousand, it tells you what your P and L is. And uh, it's mostly has to do with the partnerships. And if you invest in a company that's a LLC yeah. or LLP or S corp, those um, entities issue K ones, which is basically your own share of company's profit or loss. Oh, okay. And those comp those entities don't pay their own taxes. It's a it's a pass through entity. 
mm. you know it's not like a c corporation where like the big so c corporations think about it are like your big companies your fortune 500 companies they pay dividends they pay their own taxes and then and then you know and such but smaller companies are more um like partnerships you'll you'll get your own share you'll get a k1 and you'll pay your own taxes based on whatever is reported on that k1 if okay. you made profit you know you'll pay income you know tax if you haven't if you made a loss then you know it's probably gonna it, it can either carry forward or you can deduct it against your other income okay it all depends on so i had an accountant one time that wanted to write off every single vacation i i had he was like oh we went to hawaii he was like oh you went to hawaii you were looking at houses there right uh yeah right let's write it off because uh, <laughs> i had i have some properties and he was like yeah you look for houses but and i was very adamant that i wouldn't do that yeah. However, uh, I recently read a book uh, from the Bigger Pockets podcast. Yeah. Uh, it's a real estate podcast, and they wrote a book about real estate taxes. Mm-hmm. And they talked about this uh, and, and ways you can write off Vacation. vacations. Mm-hmm. And they had a structure on how to do it. And, mm-hmm. uh, and it was really, it was. I, I shared that book with you. Um, you shared it to yeah, me. Yeah, I, I appreciate it. it. So it was, it was actually very helpful. And, and the way they explained it is that. You can. There's things that you you can you have to do in order to write off that trip. Yeah. You have to send. You have to pre-plan it. You have to pre-plan it. You have to pre-plan it. Have documentation. It. And, and the other concept we talked about is sandwiching it. Yes. Um, and so what I mean by that is that you have to sandwich the personal between the business. Mm-hmm. So you have to first day go and see properties. Have the email from the broker saying I oh, I want to go see X Y Z property. Confirm with the broker that you went to see XYZ property, and then two days between that, you can go out to dinner. The write weekend, that off. yeah. And yeah. then Monday, go, go back to more property. Yeah, so you yeah. can do that, and that's a legitimate way for you to write off that yeah, property. Yeah, there's a lot of loopholes that are you know that are legitimate, um, and you can take you know like one of the bigger loopholes is um, if you if you're selling your property, um, and you can take that two hundred fifty thousand dollar exemption, uh, or five hundred thousand if you're a couple. Which basically, that basically means that you have to live in the property for, um, I think it's two out of five years. And so you can structure that. Like if you plan on selling your home and it was a rental home at one time, now you can probably convert into a primary residence and, and plan that. And then when that time comes, you can sell as a primary residence and take advantage mm. of you know the exemption, uh, the gain, sorry, exclusion. It's called a gain exclusion. Mm. You can exclude up to 250000 of gains. And nowadays... Like property values are super high, you know. You know, people that bought properties, you know, 10, 15 years ago, um, they're seeing their property appreciate like crazy. So um, you need to, you know, it's it's good to find ways. And if you, you know, if you have a counter you're constantly in conversation with, um, you can plan that out. So that's a big one. What about for young kids right out of college? Um, what do you think some some things that they uh, mistakes that you see with kids right out of college? And before that, I wanted to ask you: at what point for should kids not at what point should kids file on their own not kids i'm sorry it's just like young adults young adults yeah. file yeah. on their own as opposed to uh filing their parents what, what, or letting their parents file for yeah them. so once your income goes about above a certain threshold um i would you know i think it's like say like twelve thousand. i would say um and once it goes above that threshold then you should file by yourself, file, file by yourself. Otherwise, you can, you know, someone, your parents can claim you forever, you know, technically. <laughs> um, but the benefit of claiming you goes down after 16. Sorry, after 17. Once you hit 18, the benefit, the child credit goes away. And after that, it's just a regular, um, 
regular, you know, um, I think exemptions, $500 they get. It's not much, but if you're in school, definitely for the time being that you're in school, they should claim you. Um, and after school, then if you're making income, you know, over $10,000, you should just file on your own. And then, you know, that brings me to like another, you know, I guess a point is, you know, how long, when do you think you need some people, a lot of people right out of school that have simple returns are probably doing their taxes online. And, you know, so us as like, you know, obviously I don't advocate for that because it affects my, my business, but I actually think like, yeah, you can actually file your taxes online um, because there's certain things that are very straightforward that it, there's no need, you know, sometimes I don't really get much out of it if you come to me, um, but I'm, I'm happy to help anyone. But at a certain point, um, you know, you, in the beginning, you, if you're just a very basic, just a W-2 employee, you know, and making, you know, out of college, maybe 50, 60, $70,000, you know, you can probably follow your own. It's no big deal. I wouldn't say, hey, find a prepare, but I think it's just, it's coming of age and as you get older, you know, life gets a little more complicated, you get married, um, you have a kid, you invest, you know, just like Faraj, you know, like you said, you know, yours got complicated um, and you found a prepare. So I think it's important to, you know, just keep your ears out and you know, ask people for recommendations and at one time, you know, have somebody that, that you know that you can maybe call in or an accountant um, that you can go to because you'll eventually need one. You can't forever do your tax on your own and I don't recommend it. Also, once you reach a certain income point, you shouldn't be doing your tax like me. I would say like 100000 is probably a good benchmark, you know. If you start making over that, then you should see someone and see if they can help you. Um, you know, if you feel like it's not being beneficial, yeah. continue doing it on your own. What about married couples? Should they always file jointly? Uh, no, not always. Definitely not always because sometimes it all depends on the situation. If some married couples, you know, um, one may have a business, one may be a regular employee. Um, in that case, it doesn't help. You know, nowadays a lot of, um, you know, I would say married couples are, you know, once they have babies, the the the, um, the mother might be uh, work, you know, stay at home. She might do something, some kind of business, like from home, you know, whether it's like online business, e-commerce, and that basically is a small business and there's tax consequences of that. The husband might be um, working a regular day job. So then in that case, it doesn't jive too well. And, and a lot of females, um, once they you know start raising a kid, you know, they like to do things from home. Um, and there's a lot of, nowadays with technologies, you can make a good living even just being a full-time mother and having a, a business. And I've seen people from like, you know, teaching online to, um, you know, uh, baking, to event planning, to writing, there's tons of stuff you can do. So then it gets a little tricky in that, in those, in those instances. Okay. So I know you, so you, earlier you talked about how you left corporate to start your own firm. Talk about how, why you did that. Um, and would you, would you recommend people to, you know, go into accounting and even the CPA route, um, and in some of the pros and cons of working for a corporation versus, you know, for yourself? Yeah, I, I think what I did was pretty like, you know, um, it was pretty bold on my part, so it's not like the preferred method to, to um, preferred method, exit method um, right away, because I remember when I started, I was actually just talking to a colleague um, that I started work with at my first job out of college. It was at a firm called Cohn Resnick. They're like a public accounting firm, pretty good firm in the top ten. There was about thirty or thirty-five of us that started, so I'm actually like I think the first one 
or the only one that kind of totally left and yeah. started my own venture. Everyone else is still working. Wow. Not at the firm, actually. Not no, Only, I think, one person is still at that same firm. But wow. everyone else... Different firm, okay. In public accounting, that's normal. Yeah. The, the, the door turns around like crazy. Yeah. Um, everyone else is either at a different company. And we were just talking like, wow, it's been five years. And, you know, it's interesting to see where everyone's at. Yeah. And with myself. But yeah, I've, you know, decided to, to make the leap because... Um, one, you know, I wanted a little more variation. My, you know, I started doing some auditing actually, and it wasn't the most fun thing to do. Um, well, what I'm tax is not a lot fun either, but it's still like it, it picks my brain more because I get like I, I fall into different challenges. I feel you know here and there, like a client might come to me with a tax challenge. It might even be a first time that I've seen, or it might be something I've seen but a different variation. And I'm trying to solve these problems, helping clients. It keeps me, I think, on my toes more than what I was doing. So that coupled with like, um, I, I, I just wanted to like be in the community more and, and help people in the community more. So, you know, my office is in, in the Bangladeshi community, even though I serve, um, you know, technically all 50 states and I have clients all over the, the, um, the states. But I, I am in the community and I get to just kind of be part of it and, um, and help the people that actually don't have maybe even you know um, the right people to go to with, with questions that and maybe they're starting a new business and you know they they are ambitious and they even have the money but you know once you fall into a little problem with you know the authorities that can you know even potentially mean shutting down your business you know I've seen people fall into problem with sales tax a lot of you know businesses um, and that can literally drown you. Is it true um, that once you're on there, if you get audited one time, that you're higher? It's it's a higher um, probability that you'll get audited again. Um, I um, I don't. No, that's more of a myth. To be honest, it's all computer generated. Like they choose you solely. The computer chose you. Oh, no, right. yeah, it's totally uh, like randomly, so not randomly, but based on your numbers. Okay, it's not completely random because you know if you take. If they see someone who makes $50,000, everyone that makes $50,000 in America takes $2,000 charity deduction or average $2,000 charity. Okay. And then you make $50,000, you take $10,000 charity deduction. That's a red flag. So That's the computer, computer picks it up. And so it doesn't quite mean that you know, you're clear, um, but it does help if you clear yourself up. If you get audited and you're able to successfully um, you know, provide them everything they want and then you know, you're, uh, they don't... Um, hit you with any penalties or fines and you get your refund or whatever it is that you're getting audited for it does help you because in the future because after the computer selects everything it goes to a person through another filtering process and that person then when that person sees okay this person just got audited last few, few years he got audited and he was cleared then maybe like because the government ultimately only has such limited amount of resources they don't have unlimited resources. There's only so many agents and, and so many, you know, returns and so many audits they can do. Yeah. So they're always going to go after ones that are more worthwhile. If you were cleared for two years, and why would they audit you again? So there's some common sense that is used okay. um, in the process. Okay. You know? cool. well, I appreciate your time. How do people uh, find out find out about you? Where are your offices, by the way? So um, I have an office in the Bronx and one in uh, Forest Hill, Queens. So the Queens one is a, a satellite office, and um, we, we're also our, our main office is in the Bronx. And um, you know we're pretty uh, for accounting firm. We are very social. 
I would say um, if you follow us on Instagram, uh, our Instagram handle is at Ahad Co CPA. So it's my name, A-H-A-D-C-O-C-P-A. Um, and we post a lot of um, informative stuff, a lot of fun, cool stuff that will, um, you know, kind of just give you some knowledge. Um, and then we produce, um, you know, our Facebook is pretty good. And we send out newsletters. Um, and most and our website is, 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 is very up to date as well. So our website is, um, you know, ahadandco.com. Uh, so feel free to, you know, check us out and um, you know we really now with with just the environment the business environment we're in I take you know client experience and reviews very seriously so um, we have great reviews like on Yelp and Google and um, you know I stand by those proudly and I just you know we still have you still will have upset customers but or clients but our goal is like every single person you know has to be kind of treated the same and and with the highest level of, of service and uh, that bad reviews can you know totally de destroy a business and businesses that don't understand that I in my eyes are, are failing um, and and they're just gonna continue to fail because it's it's all about the experience now yeah. nowadays a product could be found everywhere but the experience cannot be found absolutely so if a client comes to me and they that that experience even though even if they pay a little bit more or they have to wait a little bit they yeah. won't go anywhere if, they, oh, if yeah. they're in love with the experience because they can get their taxes on anywhere so our our whole like motto in our firm is all about providing uh, you know holistic approach to taxes um, with the best experience possible appreciate it well uh that's my accountant, Dan Boney's accountant, so <laughs> I appreciate your time. Thanks, everyone. Thank you. Bangladesh, I say, hey, come on, can you handle this? Representing the boroughs where the bangles live from the slang. We